bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. And uh, Gilderoy Lockhart, Brian Brushwood. Yeah, man. Hey, is it official? Is my hair longer than yours at this point, Bryce? Uh, probably not. My hair's curly. Mm, oh, we get this. Okay. We get this. See, my, this mine's mine reach my collarbone. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know if uh, I ta- uh, if uh, I grab from the mullet section. Eh, pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Can almost tie it underneath Andrew, my chin. Andrew, well, who do you think? Who yeah, got the longer yeah. hair. You got a UK. I mean, that's collarbone. Bryce has got the edge. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. We'll see. <laughs> I, I, I cut he, wakes, he wakes up with a buzz cut tomorrow. Oh, no! <laughs> what, what happened? The BB logo shaved in the <laughs> back of it. I cut my own hair again, guys. Oh, uh, really? See, you're getting, and it's it's looking good. You're getting used to it. You kind of have to get used to the process yeah. of it being in your own hands. Are you are you are you are you flowing it or or just straight up scissoring? I use a razor on the sides and scissors on the top. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, uh, I never I ne- I was never able to use the the buzz cut on the sides. I would always go to a, a barber shop for that. But when I was doing the spiked hair, mm-hmm. like um, I got very good at using those texturizing scissors, the ones with the, like the the nested teeth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because because that's that's how you got those sharp tips. Was just and and if you screwed it up, like you you could literally, I could put my hair up and spike and it spikes and it was quite literally just like you know trimming hedges, like like too tall, too tall, not tall enough. Yep, that's right, that's right, and I'm mm. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hate going to get a haircut. We talked about this before, so oh no. I mean, as, as a matter of fact, I I I just had the luxury of my first beard trim in a year. It ah. was great having somebody who is not me responsible. Oh for yeah, you got that jerk. line. Yeah, you got that, you got that clean that? line. Look at yeah. that. Did they give you the oil stuff, or is it too short? No, I, I it was a walk in at some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they all you know oils for for appointment. <laughs> oil is for closers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, I forgot, we already started our show here and you got a big uh, digression. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know it was after shave things. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That was not bad. That's pretty good at that joke. Uh, yeah, everybody. Uh, this, this is your extra content. This is a. Can't understand why our numbers are dropping. <laughs> so, uh, we, uh, we got a, a email here hmm. and. Uh, First, uh, it's to Bryce. Bryce, why yes. don't you read the email? Sure. Uh, so, so this is from Nicholas. Nicholas, um, uh, I, I, nope. Uh, I um, uh, mentioned on a previous after things that uh, uh, someone had sent in um, some gifts for the Marbles uh, Stream Project winners, the little bottle opener and the stopper. Who gave the one for on Night oh, Attack yeah. a few weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. So this is wait, this is Nicholas. Wait, wait, Bryce, number one. Oh my goodness, the promo you did on Saturday Marble Stream was great. My whole family loved it. I was going to skip that part. (laughs) No, no, Bryce. Bad Bryce. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, okay, so uh, uh, Nicholas writes, one, oh my goodness, the promo you did on Saturday Marbles was great. My whole family loved it, too. I am late on getting... I told told Nicholas to send in an email for After Things because he had some questions about about his business. I hope you guys are okay if I put it here. He writes, dear After Things, I recently started a side hustle during 2020. I've been doing a lot of work on the lathe 
uh, and with resin. Uh, uh, I started a website, spilledcoffeeworkshop.com. I feel uh, like I've done all the easy stuff and I'm looking for ways to get my site out there and figure out what else I can do. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, what Nicholas does is he makes acrylic uh, goods, um, little, he makes bottle, bottle openers and stoppers and rings and stuff, uh, pendants and all. Uh, so, uh, what else can he do to promote his things? Things he's done. He started a mailing list, reached out to online communities, made things I think are cool, things I'm not sure of. How important is the pictures? I guess the photography on his website, is it good or good enough? Are the bottle openers cool? People I've shown or given them to, uh, think so, but more opinions always help. And things I've got planned going forward, uh, writing a monthly newsletter with shop updates. Um, if you have a recommendation for the newsletter platform and maybe doing videos. Thank you, Nicholas. I I have a suggestion. I think using the photos is great. I think that on your bottle opener sets, I did not know if you scroll down, I just at first glance, I'm like, man, that looks awfully a lot like it. Go further down, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. It looks a lot like drug paraphernalia. Correct. It does. It definitely looks like uh, a nice little pipe. Which, and so I would maybe separate those two things. I, <laughs> I, they I lay separate, what, what, what's funny is, to be honest, I would I would actually lean the other way. I would instead, I could imagine a world where your intent is to collect, uh, uh, grab yourself 30 influential mid to low tier YouTubers, people who are starving for content and attention, roughly in the 20,000 to 200,000 subscription level. And, um, uh, send them all of them and and put on there, here is your challenge. This is a gift to you. And once you figure out what it is, you'll be very pleased. Can you figure out what it is? And then and then get all of them to talk about it. Uh. Do a supercut. Eight famous YouTubers try to figure out what these are. Uh, and then and then they'll realize the truth, uh, which is, you know, they're an awesome bottle opener and a and a stopper. Um because I then, think the bottle opener especially doesn't I had not Look, seen one. I've never seen one like that before. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it looks, I always, I like to ha- carry it because it has like a little handle on it. It's that, almost like a, like the little Sailor Moon things. The the photo we're know. looking at right now where we see them next to each other, the corks I like. I'm saying the other ones, and I'm not saying they look like cool drug paraphernalia. They look like, low, they look like meth paraphernalia and so i'm like i would like maybe like the other like the photo on the left where you see that that's good the photo on the right i first look like man like that just looks it looks like, I feel pipe, like i'm gonna dog. get arrested i mean, I mean, I mean yeah. I'm, not, I'm not i'm not gonna lie that only uh uh that the, the dangerous undercurrents and, and the uh, only makes it more punk <laughs> rock to, to my eyes I, I I think there's hippie and edge, and there's then there's there's hippie and edge drugs, and then there's really sad and depressing drugs. <laughs> and so I I I, I wouldn't want to lean into the meth side too much myself. But you know, Brian, you're the branding expert. Well, but, <laughs> well I mean, it's it, it is one of those things where it's like uh, that that is a good point. Let's say you do want to reach out to a bunch of influencers and give these as gifts and encourage them and try to figure out what it is. Get ready for every single one. To, to give some answer of the same joke, well, I'm hoping it's only pot paraphernalia and not meth paraphernalia. Um, but if you're comfortable with that, then, then, then roll with it. And also the nice thing is they're going to say whatever they want to their folks and their tribe, but you in your Supercut video get to edit it any way you want. Um, uh, for example, a friend of ours um, uh, uh, was, was on uh, Penn & Teller's BS show, and it's one of the few... Uh, 
Penn and Teller's BS shows that for years afterward, uh, publicly, they've admitted they felt like they didn't do a good job treating it with the respect that it deserves, and they missed the mark. And um, because what they ended up doing was they took all of the best lines that my friend said as the expert and had those words come out of Pendulette's mouth. And all of the stuff that that played to the cheap pops, they had him say. Um, and uh, they ended up facing a backlash on it. And luckily, my friend didn't ever really care one way or the other because when he posted himself, me, on Penn & Teller's BS show, he, he just made sure to cut out the best parts uh, where... Uh, where everything was congruent with how he wanted to present himself. And so likewise, you could do a similar thing here. And, and, and I don't know if the, in terms of the audience for that, you know, you mentioned kind of size, Brian, um, in, in terms of people to maybe look at, right? Like maybe look at fashion or, or influencers. I mean, I think that's kind of what I, the can we market narrow, might be for. Can we, can we just narrow it down to wine bloggers? Yeah. I mean, that would be, I would go right after the wine bloggers and Instagrams. The people doing anything wine related on or there? Or beer for the bottle openers? Well, I, I, I suppose my impulse is if you want to play up, like, here's a mysterious object, see if you can figure out what it is. Um, I, I, would, I, would, I would zag instead. I understand, uh, and you wouldn't be, I, I don't think it's a wrong call to zig. I, I, I suspect more interesting answers would come from top uh, 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 cartoonists or or, well, or comedians I, or what have you i'm thinking the goal is to sell them and i and i'm i think about like people who are really into like you sell to magicians and you sell magic paraphernalia you you sell to people who are into games and hobbies and stuff that is your audience so you go right after you use your shows your things to sort of say hey you like this you like that people who are into wine they're everybody's into the sort of the ceremony and the fetishization of it and I would say one, the spill, I spilled coffee workshop. I kept expecting to find coffee related stuff, but it's like beer and wine. Yeah. My, my thing is like, if you give these, I would try as an example, like going to some, you know, people who blog about wine or whatever, give them to them to see if they talk about them because people who drink wine, they love the process and the ceremony. So, oh, here's a special thing to use to open it. Here's a special thing to do that with. Correct. I would try that first. And I, I think you revealed a bias that I have because, um, uh, there's two discussions to be had. If if what you want is to sell them, and that's all you care about, then then I, I do think there's a lot of merit to going direct on there. However, um, I tend to, as I put it, put want to go the long way around, where along the way, you make sure that you build your own platform and your own voice. So down the road, whatever other thing, you don't have to start this whole process all over again and borrow other people's platform to get the word out. Um uh, because uh, uh, if, if, if you just send out and sell it, yes, you will capture all of the emails of everybody who buys it, but now you only have that one platform. Whereas if you send them out and collect the most interesting parts and then make your supercut videos and then build how, your own kind of uh, uh, how do they, uh, how, fan base. How do they get the supercut video watched? How do they get people to see it? Um, well, uh, 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 first of all, it has to be made because, because uh, uh, you, you have to have story, right? Um, and the only way it gets made is by... It's it's simply a numbers game. Uh, take take thirty people who you're going to hit up, and then send it, and then uh, take all the best moments of their like each person will speak for four to five minutes about them, and then and there'll be some amount of funny or interesting comments they will make, and then what you will do is you will take a collective hour and a half of just sort of mush mouth talk about it and condense it down into two minutes and thirty seconds of nine nine youtube comedians try to figure out what these are 
and then uh, and then you and then once that gets literally any views, um, because again, what you do is you then then you borrow another community. You go to you know Reddit's uh, Whiskey Tribe or 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 you know food or wine or whatever it is, and um, uh, and and hopefully if the content is uh, interesting and and doesn't overstay its welcome then you now have a formula that's infinitely replicable that you could keep on going like um you know uh, uh nine race car drivers try to figure out what these are nine uh, uh politicians try to figure out what these are and so on and um uh, at that point yes you're you're taking and again i am very aware this is the long way around because ultimately what you want is to sell stuff but if along the way what you want is your own vehicle your own platform your own fan base then, 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 then it's worth the ex. I, I find that it's worth the extra step, so that when you eventually move beyond bottle openers and wine stoppers, now all of a sudden you're introducing your own unique invention or whatever. You don't have to repeat the process of borrowing a bunch of other people's platforms as well. I, I think if that's within the wheelhouse of what somebody's trying to do, but I think that the challenge is, I know a guy who makes like coin gimmicks, amazing coin gimmicks. His coin gimmicks are like the best in the world. And uh, for those of you who know what a coin gimmick is, forget I ever said it. <laughs> He's He loves to spend time on his lathe and make these things, and that's what he loves to do. He's not a YouTuber. He's not a content creator. His goal isn't to try to spend several hours trying to figure out how to make these things. He shows up at conventions, and people love these things, and they tell other people, hey, you should buy these. To try to add on building a platform, and I get like having – your product can be your platform. Your product and your reputation can be that thing. And to try to have to create content for other people, it's not that easy. And also, you know, I would, it would be curious to see as an experiment, and this could be a really neat thing, would be for like one of us to try to build a thing without being able to use any of the built-in capital we have from already having an audience and already having channels and I even see this with, you know, we have a friend who's launched a YouTube channel, who's launched a show, and he got growth in the first week, and it's not growing. It's just flatlining. And and I don't know why or what the reason is, but I see people with great content just die on the vine. And I think I'm, that's why I'm and hesitant to tell somebody who makes a product, you know. Well, and and I, I, I think that they're, I, th I think that's kind of where the send this out to influencers goes and i think that, it, that that's a middle ground right like if you're just making your products then you really don't have any external facing stuff and if you're spending this time kind of you know going out and building content and also building this content platform on top of it um uh then that 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 might that's that's a that's a second hill you you've you've decided to to climb on top of it and 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 I, I, you know, for, for Nicholas, I don't know how much of this is like, we've got, this is a serious thing or this is, you know, we're making products and, you know, we're, we're having a good time. Um, but I think that that also, uh, should, should, uh, influence on the balance between those two. I think, I think Andrew brings up an exceptional point where, um, what's obvious to me, uh, uh maybe is not, uh, an important or, or even a fun part for other people, the content creation, the platform having and all that stuff. In which case, here's something I would highly recommend is what people want most. Um, I mean, actually, that might be too universal a setup. Uh, what I suspect a lot of people really want when they spend money on things is to feel like they are 
buying from within. And so, all of which is to say, here's another thing you could do. Same thing I said about everything. You don't have to do the collection video, but what you can do is send out, send out 30 units to high value, uh, 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 back to what Andrew was saying, people within the wine community, within you know the beer community or whatever, and say, I make these. They're very, very good. I'm, I would like to offer for you, it'll be built by me. It'll be powered by all of my expertise and everything. Please play with this. And if you like it, I would like you and your community to figure out a completely unique color scheme. And I will do a limited run of blank of these that will be branded. Mm. I'll put your brand on it. A and, branding and, code and deal. Your okay. deal will be these are yours powered by name of my thing. Now, all of a sudden, they're the ones selling directly to their tribe, and they already have the established thing. Mm. You are the, the benchmark of credibility behind it, uh, and you're the one that, that, is, that is powering everything. Um, I, think, and- I think that's, that's a really solid uh, way, you know, if you're able to get, like, an engraver or, or you know, do custom colors, whatever. Like, I think, I think you well, it- probably would not... Well, I think doing a branding thing or a commercial service thing is is not out of the cards. And what they can do, what he can do with these, these are resin blocks, is he can put all kinds of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So if somebody right. likes flower petals or something like that, you could design. You I know, mean, with, even uh, go, go go to a famous uh, person who's always doing stuff with Legos or whatever. Take those single block Legos and and just just drop that in the resin, yeah. and then you can actually see the Lego blocks suspended in there. And I think it's a, it's a very good like we're, we're looking at some of the images and uh you know it, it seems like they're able to make a lot of different things pens and like, with an ice cream scoop and and that gives you a lot of versatility right where it's not just okay we're making an acrylic thing in the mold but we're also making a utility we're making something that has, has some utility value for for whoever it is like i think that there's a non-zero element to that even when there's a branding or another platform Oh, that's Hatch. fascinating. Uh, Miravina in the chat says, my, my hubby would love D&D dice in one of those products. That's the thing you could literally do is reach out to a popular, there, there's a whole strata of D&D podcasts and YouTube channels or whatever, and say, here's what I'm going to do. I take these D&D dice and I put them in a blender and I pull out all the best looking pieces and they go in um, uh, uh, from what I've read, you know, seen of your show or whatever, you love this color scheme. Here's something in your color scheme, literally made of D and D dice. I will only do 100 of these. They will be a premium item. Here are the margins that I'm baking in for you and your voice in your tribe. And mm. here's how much I charge for each of them. What, once you break apart the sales process, like ultimately how often do I need a wine stopper? I don't know. I'll take a, I'll take an old a phone book and cram it in there. Who cares? Right. Or, mm-hmm. or, or a bottle opener. I'll hit, hit it on the side of a table. <laughs> like, 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 like functionally they don't matter, but, but tribally they matter very, very much. So if you can build, if you can help them co-build a story of something truly unique, then all of a sudden it short circuits the part, uh, the, the utility part of the consumer's brain. All of a sudden they're not buying thinking, well, how often do I open a beer? You know, Instead, they're thinking about what tribe do I identify with? How special is this item? How cool will it be to pull it out and show it and have something truly novel on there? And how much will I love the experience of opening it? Um, that's part of the reason, you know, over at Scam Stuff, we, we try to make as many things 
as numbered as possible and to have tokens with them that that live outside of of the item itself mm. and i think that that if you don't mind co-branding with a bunch of people and just be the powered by part then and and make make it clear like this is yours this is your thing it's a limited run though only so many units i think that would do really really well i think that's a good idea i would say maybe watch out for the dnd dice space because i think that's a very saturated market uh like oh, there are tons wait, of wait. people who make dnd dice oh no 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 made and, out of destroyed dnd dice like the the idea is it's a bottle uh, opener but uh, imagine it clear and you can see pieces of d20s inside oh i'm sorry i thought you were describing blended. making dice no you, you you but i i do agree it is a saturated space as as is you know like playing cards is getting a little bit uh, crowded um but 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 the idea of taking a thing and building it into another thing i think would do would oh, would, would be well yeah. beloved mm, mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's interesting. And Andrew, what, what are you? I think that, you know, the thing, if I were in his business, I want I want people to think if I need to give a gift, then I'm just going to give one of these. Know that like, oh, I'll just order from there and give it as a gift. And think about that because like it's one one a person buys one from me once. That's all they ever need. But if they know, oh, I can always send them this really cool collectible, whatever kind of thing. Then it makes it easier because then you get somebody buying 10 of them from you at a time. And I think that's a thing to really focus on is lean into the idea. When people get it, let them think, oh, yes, I can give this as a gift to somebody else. You know, you might even put in like uh, a calendar of like, you know, hey, uh, here's as many like a one card postcard size calendar. Of when you have to give gifts to people, think about this or something. Mm. Just something to just really put that in people's heads to the idea that it's not a one-off relationship that, that they can, you can be this go-to source for that. I get, or, uh, oh, no, no, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. What, what, and, I like, oh, sorry. Both of us had ideas. Go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I have, like whenever one of my books hits like a record breaking sales thing, whatever, my publisher sends me the book mounted inside of a case or I get these metal sheets there's some dude who gets that business. There's some dude who gets paid by them to go make these specialty sort of things sent to me. And then uh, I get gift baskets, you know, like an announced stuff. And so they've got on speed dial, this is who we order from to give away these gifts. So think and about that. Keep in mind, if somebody pays, let's say there's a crazy premium, super special edition you know, uh, famous D and D podcast, uh, you know, with, uh, you, you end up somehow spending $60 on a wine stopper and a bottle opener. Um, but now you're on the list and, uh, around holiday time, you get to say, uh, Hey, it's me, the guy that made your favorite bottle opener and wine stopper. I have a new that's, you know, you bought in because of the tribal branding of this one thing and the identity of watching this one show but I made this thing that's a more general story that will approach to more people. Uh, but but it's but it too is a limited run. Only it's limited to two thousand instead of you know two hundred. Um, and I, would... I, I one thing I wonder about, and this this might be taking us a little bit off off on the side here, but um, you know I I think we're assuming I, I think we're coming from a place where we're, we're assuming Nicholas can make you know hundreds or thousands of these things and 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 if so then then i think these are good ideas i i almost wonder if there's another play in terms of um going a little more custom and a little more high-end right taking some of these ideas and saying hey send me like if we're taking if we're talking about like the broken up D D dice thing right like you know proof of, you know figure out your proof of concept and figure out how 
a process on how to make that and then s sell that as a service. Say, hey, for $100, $200, whatever, we'll s I'll send you a label. Send me your dice. I'll break them up and I'll put them in a bottle opener or whatever. Like, I, I almost wonder if going custom and lower volume um, at a higher or premium price is a way to go and a way to stand out. Because I think, I do think that there's a possibility that, you know, uh, the acrylic stuff, that, that, that might be enough of a commodity where you might just be uh, able to get, be priced out versus another company that just makes this, just does, does this, you know, uh, at, at a huge mass scale. On, I would say a thing on, on the publicity stunt side, you could do things like make a $20,000 one. There's something special about it. It's got mammoth DNA in there or something. Create like, you know, the original grape stock DNA or yeast or create, think about creating something. You can put anything in that resin so you can tell a story or make something really Brian to Brian storytelling side of it. You can make a thing that has a special story to it. Mm -hmm. And that could be a PR thing because it's like, Oh, you, you know, how about this gift? Cause like every holiday season here, like you could buy this $10,000, such and such purse. And it's a, the thing they made that was just to get a press release just to say, we offer this really crazy item. So if you could think of like a really, 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 we got ghosts captured in here, you know, whatever, <laughs> right. you know, like, like do a, just something cool about it. It's a story. It's a story to talk about. Uh, there's also value to once somebody hears a very large number studies show, they can't unhear it and ra completely irrationally. It affects how they, they gauge the price on a thing. Like if I hear a story about like, here is, uh, do you know what the most expensive uh, bottle opener in all of history? It sold at Sotheby's for $2.5 million and it had this story behind it. Uh, the, first, the, the most expensive mass marketed one was $10,000 and blah, 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 blah. None of those stories have anything to do with this very reasonable Night Attack branded bottle opener that's only $49.95. Would you like to buy one? And you can't unhear that $2.5 million, that $200,000 number uh, and then, uh, and then it affects how you feel about spending 50 bucks. And, you know, on the story side too, is that if there is like a legit neat thing about like you're putting, again, these are, these are the dumb ideas. You'll have better ideas. Putting a trilobite fossil or an arrowhead or something in there. It's a talking point. It's like, oh yeah, check out this. Oh, it's cool. This is a blah, 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 blah inside of here. Da, da, da. It turns out this is the story on this, you know? Oh, interesting. Now we have something to talk about. And there's people love people love to, you, you know, love to have a story that you can sell them a story. They can tell it, make it their own. If, if there's a, I don't know, a local conservation site or a, a natural area where they have a gift shop, see if you can take some pine needles and put some resin and say, Hey, can I, can, Hey, you want to, you want some shelf space? You want something to sell and we can make a deal. Like, it, you know, it, it, see what's in your backyard I, I can, or what the things that you're passionate about. I can even picture stuff that sounds gross and weird to say out loud, but I think might actually move like uh, YouTube has some very weird, passionate uh, um, fan base communities. Uh, uh, somebody might go to a nurse and have their finger pricked and take a bit of blood and send a bit of blood and it'll be mixed in with the batch. And somewhere in there huh. is your favorite YouTubers, literal DNA in there. And, and, you know, that would be a publicity stunt for uh, sure. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's like, it's like, there's no, um, uh, once you divorce what you're selling from the actual function of a thing, a lot more becomes possible because once we're not saying, 
man, bottles, they're so hard to open, am I right? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows how to open them. We <laughs> figured it out. It's only $50. Like, that would be insane. Nobody would do that. But um, tapping into a unique story and in partnership with someone, uh, I, th I think, would be really, really good. Yeah. Sounds cool. Uh, any books or any advice anybody have out there? Uh, what was the, uh, we, we talk a lot about the book alchemy, uh, that I think, I think we've been circling around a lot, a lot of the ideas in there. Uh, Rory, I forget the rest of his Sutherland. Name. Sutherland. Yeah. Um, uh, alchemy talks about all the counterintuitive ways where by, by in time making a trip longer, you can create an experience that feels shorter and that's, that's, uh, and, and you could do it without spending billions of dollars in infrastructure that requires taxpayer and eminent domain and all that stuff. Um, I, I think, I think really that's what we're talking about is taking a commodity item and figuring out how to make it special yeah. with a little bit of alchemy. You know, uh, especially to kind of to, to co-sign what you were saying, Brian is, is I've, I've been watching a lot of shark tank, uh, lately. And the thing that they always, you know, harp on is like, okay, well, what about your product or service or whatever is proprietary? What is the thing that only you can do, whether you're protected by a patent or you have a trade secret or X, Y, or Z. And, you know, I think acrylic goods on their own are a certain commodity to a certain point. I mean, you can hand do the colors and, and give it a sort of editorial touch, but look for ways to make it feel more premium or where you, you are, uh, you know, making it your own, your own secret sauce that can't just be replicated for 10 cents with, uh, uh, in a big factory where they have. Well, and, and th think about every t-shirt you've ever bought at every concert ever. The purpose of a t-shirt is to cover your bare chest. And that is, nobody advertises it as such. Instead, it represents, I was there for that concert, in which case you pay 30 to $80 for it. Or it represents, I am part of this tribe, in which case you spend 25 to $30. Or if it represents, I just want my shirt covered or my chest covered, in which case it was free because T-shirts rain from the skies. So it's like, uh, you know, think about the story you want to tell. I, I'll double down on alchemy as a book because it is there are there are things that are obvious that we don't put labels on them because we assume they're obvious. Then we find out that they're not obvious. And there are things that are counterintuitive that makes sense once you stand in the right point of view to look at something. And I think this book is filled with a lot of examples of that. And I think so much of, so much of like understanding today is sort of, and I'd also maybe do kind of a recommendation to Marshall McLuhan, who in the 20th century wrote some really interesting books and essays about culture and the technology age that we lived in that were just neat ways to sort of frame things and understand stuff because sometimes you just have to step to the side and you look at stuff like you know we think if we talk about news and entertainment but news is entertainment the way we consume news it's purely an entertainment product the way they choose stories the way things are done is done from that point of view and people in news hate to be told this but it is it makes its money the same way it's driven the same way and once you see that and you look at how we're catered to that way. Then you look at it differently. Then you understand too, like, you know, uh, Brian's talked a lot about Ryan Holiday, who understood how do you get a story to get built? You know, how do you build a story to get it from a smaller outlet to a bigger outlet? How do you, how do you turn, how do you create something out of nothing? You know, and there's just a lot of examples out there when you start to think about like, you know, in public, you know, public relations, 
what do you do if people are criticizing you about a thing? Sometimes the best thing is to say nothing because the moment you respond, it becomes a story, which also shows you if you want a thing to be a story, criticize something else, attack something else, or attach yourself to something else. And then all of a sudden it gets built up and you look at, you go look on any news site and you look at the number of just complete BS stories. You're like, you know, so-and-so and his wife, you know, spent such and such to buy this house in this area or like, you know, look how much they spent on redoing their pool or they get this, the story behind the dog they got. You're like, where are these stories come from? Well, they're manufactured by PR people. You know, right. so much of our news comes from press, press releases and stuff and stories fed on all sides, politics and everything. It's once you look through that lens, everything starts to change. Yeah, like uh, in, for example, uh, let, let's say we wanted to start promoting um, on television, the Weird Things podcast. Uh, all we have to do, the algorithm is very, very simple. Figure out a news item, figure out who almost certainly is looking to book an expert, no matter how tangential, to fill about three minutes of a cable news show, say, hey, I'm enough of an expert, I belong on there. All you have to do is introduce me as co-host of the Weird Things podcast. And then we could get booked on that stuff all day long. And, uh, and, and what we're doing is on the small world, we're solving the problem for some overworked, you know, 29-year-old uh, uh, booking person. But in the big world, what we're doing is making sure to put the Weird Things brand in front of people and that kind of thing. You know, we could call up the local news agency and said, hey, uh, uh, Bonnie Bonina has invited the world-famous Weird Things team and has offered them ten thousand dollars if they can get rid of a ghost in her house in Torchwood Street. Right. Uh, and then, and then, all caps. And they failed. Like now, we've got a story. Like, wait, who are these jokers who are charging ten thousand dollars and they couldn't even get it? You know. So. Well, the idea is we get the news. Do you want to come show up? They're going to do like a real ghost, but and come up with a crazy right. story. Like, oh, there's been oh, there's been lights, you know, out over some preserve behind your house or whatever. People like, you know, we could you create a story. You give us create a visual element that a news crew could show up and see an event from the come happen. Make a few calls. And then you'll hear too, like, well, could you do it Tuesday? Oh yeah, we'll do it Tuesday because they know. Like that's often a thing. It's your surprise, like, oh, Tuesday we're going to think, ah, oh, too bad because we're doing a thing Tuesday. If it was going to happen Wednesday, oh, it could happen Wednesday, right? You know, and then right. So there's so many ways once you see that how you can you know you can craft that and create a story because it's entertainment. It's all entertainment. Yeah. By the way, my cool. pick, my pick is alchemy again. <laughs> like we, yeah, we can alchemy. keep making that a perennial favorite. <laughs> Alchemy, Bryce, uh, you double down on that, or yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say go for alchemy. Yeah, and then you'll read it. <laughs> they got me. This is how they get me. You write a book called Alchemy <laughs> and convince three people to to, to read it. And the first I, one will read it. I, I, have you read it, Bryce? No, I I have not. I think you would like it because I think that it is a. Sometimes there are things we can't put our finger on it, and you're like, no this doesn't make sense. This seems more right than that or whatever. And he does a really good job of that. I think you would mm. like it because I think you can be a pretty intuitive person. And I think that you probably mm. would enjoy it. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check. In fact, I will buy that uh, right now. Over here. Gentlemen, it's been after. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>